Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Below the Dot Podcast, where we recap and discuss a new episode of Degrassi, The Next Generation, every throwback Thursday from the Degrassi Black Hole. I am your co-host, Terry McGregor. And I'm your other host, Chris Sharp. And today we are recapping season five, episode three, titled Death of a Disco Dancer. But before we get into the episode, we'll get into some trivia for Terry, some Terry's tidbits, and then whatever else comes to mind. So welcome. All right. So for my trivia for Terry, I have three questions. First, where is Paige applying to school? Banting. Mm-hmm. Banting, 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 banting. <laughs> what gift does Paige give to Matt? Dang, you know what? I really don't remember at all. What the hell did she give him? Um, an organizer. <laughs> That's why I didn't remember it. Girl. Because <laughs> why does she try it? Last question. See if you can come out with a 66.66666666%. Where is Matt's friend building houses? Oh my gosh. Is it in Canada? It is. Oh, dang. (laughs) All my guesses were not Canada. Um, I'm not going to know this. I have no clue. Mm, I'll give you a hint in that it is a Canadian city in which we have discussed in the past. Oh, man, I can't remember because I know we discussed one that's... It can't be... Just throw one out. It's probably... Toronto, Ontario. It's somewhere we talked about and it's random. What is it? Vancouver. Oh, okay. I could have been that off. I could have kept going and I might have gotten it. I know you could have. That's annoying. The way I really was not... I literally was furiously typing notes at that scene because how stupid... (laughs) All right, go ahead and get into some tidbits. Cool. So for my tidbit this week, I am killing myself here because why did I not take a screenshot of... What is this character's name? This is so embarrassing. So for today's tidbits, I am, or I did a little deep dive on Derek. (laughs) Derek Haig, um, who we meet in this episode of Degrassi, probably pronouncing that last name wrong, neither here nor there. His name is Derek. Um, he is the character that is giving Jimmy a bunch of shit for being the new coach of his basketball team. He is portrayed by Mark Donato. Um, and quite frankly, he didn't have much of an interesting, um, you know, background or anything going on. It seems like he stayed out of trouble for the most part. He has a private Twitter, which I think is really funny because I couldn't do a deep dive. Don't know why his page is private, but I feel that. Um, didn't have a TikTok or anything. He had appeared in a few things after Degrassi and did some voice acting. Let's see. Um, he joins us in the black hole, though, because on the Degrassi fandom wiki, it says that the reason he leaves is unknown, but apparently he's expelled for sending death threats to holly j um on the holly j page on face range so that has to be uh what you call it that's is that next class no that would have been like season i don't know season nine i don't know what's her face made it got really pissed and made a really ain't like an i hate holly j face range (laughs) page 
and it became a whole thing. But I don't remember any of that or they who someone made that up. It was either no. the weird scene or someone made that shit up. Yeah. I. You know what's funny is I found a TikTok of that, like a Degrassi fan page made of Holly J pouring something on him. So I could see him participating in this Holly J fan page or hate page rather. But yeah, this is his first episode. His last episode is uh, in season eight. And apparently he's in 35 episodes, which seems like a lot of episodes for someone. I don't remember having that many storylines, but the way I couldn't stand him after this episode. And I yeah. don't know if he ever redeemed himself. And then there, I think there was an issue with Danny later, and he didn't make himself very redeemable. And so, yeah, he just seems like a literally the quintessential asshole for like a a television show like this. So, but not much to report. Apparently, he didn't fall down a rabbit hole of drugs or anything. So, yet another Canadian actor that kind of stayed afloat. So, shouts to him. Look at him. Look at that. Um, I guess we can add to a couple tidbits. So I asked, I don't know when it was, look, all these episodes blend together. But at one point <laughs> in time, we were like, hey, was this an accurate portrayal of using ecstasy? Do you just do, do you do ecstasy and you just put all your friends business on blast and like go off on them? Um, I want to clarify because what I said was on the record, I've never done ecstasy. Off the record, I have also never done ecstasy. I was like, bitch, which record are we on where you actually have never done something? Um, both. On both records. On and off. Um, but we did have a listener write in. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and keep them anonymous. One, because I'm going to have to pull it up. And I don't remember your username anyway. But two, because just because you message us doesn't mean that you expect to be put on blast. And I tell you guys, I protect your privacy. So I did have somebody respond and say Degrassi had no idea how drugs work <laughs> when Ashley did the E. Refer to the episode where Eli does E, spoiler alert, at uh, at an event. I won't give you all the information, but <laughs> a character named Eli does ecstasy and his storyline was more accurate. It just makes you want to rub against everything. It's pretty much known for being a sex drug, which I do remember from whatever classes we took in high school um yeah. i don't know if they necessarily called it a sex drug but i do b- remember it was like yeah you just want to be up on everyone you but but then of course it was dare so but you'll be really thirsty and you might be dehydrated and overheat <gasps> die so um but so half of it was true which my mother always did say believe half of what you hear and none of what you see so that is half of what I heard in Dare and none of what I saw with Ashley. Wait, is it half of what you see and none of what you hear? Damn, she gonna listen to this and be like, bitch, you ain't never been listening. <laughs> you actually were never listening. <laughs> it's definitely half of what you see and none of what you hear. Damn. Okay. Well, I guess that doesn't apply. Anyway, they added, it will hype you up and make you want to touch everything and love everything and everyone. Ashley is just trash and used to being under the influence, used being under the influence to act like the trash she is. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Ugh. I guess I'm y'all know I'd be going in on Ashley and I'm trying to think I mean in this scene at that point in time Paige and Ashley didn't need to be friends anymore so no yeah we probably talked about that on the episode too right um so y'all know I have all of my insults for Ashley and I definitely have my insults and my criticism critiques of Paige as well at that time I think they had just outgrown their friendship but yeah, Ashley ain't shit. And she about to do something real ain't shit to Jimmy in a couple seasons. And I'm never going to forgive that bitch for it. But um, there we are. Um, okay, I guess you're it's unfrozen my now. You're Damn, unfrozen I knew I was frozen. <laughs> we can't even trust this bitch. Um, 
Yes, a bitch is tired. I just want to let y'all know. <laughs> I came home today, minding my business, and I asked my mama. First of all, there was a random man in our driveway. I guess you're trying to repave the driveway. I was just, and it was like the sun's about to set. It's the longest day of the year. The sun's out. You know, golden hour happened. So you got to get your picture during golden hour. So I was like, girl, you got to get this picture of me and my child before the sun sets. It's golden hour. Best time of picture for the day. We're matching. Tried to get a picture. But, and this man is like, well, what's golden hour? And I was like, it's the best time of the day to pick, take a picture per photographers or whatever. Well, you know what you know what happens on the twenty fourth, right? No, what happens on the twenty fourth? Well, you know that's the longest day of the year, sir. It's definitely today. It's really? summer solstice. It's it's checking my calendar, checking Google. It's today. Um. Then he goes into kind of like an impassioned speech about how June mm-hmm. is the holiest month of the year. It is God's month, and God gifted Christians the rainbow as his apology for flooding the earth. It's all in Revelations. And I, y'all should probably know that I haven't read Revelations. Um, I read what, was, what yeah. was required for my theology courses, and then I ended there. Which is... <laughs> did you hear that? It's my cat's Yeah. Fighting. Is your cat sneezing or fighting? <laughs> anyway. Um, but yeah, so he told me all about how... And when I'm saying this, I am telling you guys what he said. <laughs> and I did tell him very uh, i did i did say something so these are these thoughts are not my own he said june is is the month of the christians and the gays took one of god's colors out of the rainbow and made that their own thing they have stolen this month and they've stolen the rainbow and abortions are bad and they're killing humans and when babies are nursing they're making that noise and that's music to god's ears and Babies see angels when they nurse. Um, and I said to him, that doesn't sound very inclusive. <laughs> and then I went in the house. My mom gave me an excuse. She was like, she got to go uh, put the baby to bed. I was going to come back out and I was going to be like, mom, um, your fetus deletus meeting started 10 minutes ago. <laughs> did you, Were you going to reschedule that? Because I was going to let this man know what it was. But I really did have to put the child to bed. She was sitting there screaming. But yeah, I did. I was like, mm, disagree, sir. No, no, no. Baby's nursing is music to God's ears. Um, and like, here's the deal. You can always just be quiet. I just used to take a picture <laughs> during golden hour. That was not the time for you to start telling me that the gays stole the rainbow. Um, that is so wild and so unwarranted. Like, aren't you here to do or talk about one other thing and you overhear it? interjecting I, and going on say, a rampage. I said, I don't know what abortions have to do with my driveway. At all. <laughs> I, I said it. I said it. And he was like, no, I'm going to say this to you. And you're going to think that I'm crazy. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Ab- absolutely. And now I'm going to tell my mama that she better fucking not hire your ass. Because, right. abso- like, I'm sorry. You could just be quiet. <laughs> that is so wild. Why would you... <laughs> word bomb what? like why would you do that what does that have to do with anything what did i do that said i wanted you to go in but all i kept, kept thinking about and like obviously this is not my own thought but all i kept thinking was well you know you can't spell pride month without demon thinking of that one little that image that those people <laughs> made and i was like i i wish that i could so much wear this shirt because i feel like it's a really good like 
repurposing of the mm-hmm. shirt, but I don't want, but obviously I am not of the rainbow, so I can't wear this. This is not, first of all, I, I don't hate the rainbow and I am not of the rainbow. So I just have to sit here and watch all the people <laughs> who are get to wear this, the shirt jokingly and I can't. But that was all I was thinking about the whole time. But I was like, I don't want to give this to you. Right. I don't want you to be like, yeah, you're right. You can't spell pride bump without demon. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, he's out because he'll actually go to the next person's house and be like, you know, you can't spell pride bump without demon. <laughs> <laughs> like, we'll really weaponize it because that's what they do. Right. Which is crazy because I'm pretty sure there was an anti-gay campaign in the first place anyway. But still. Yeah, you got to own some stuff like that because that's funny. Like, <laughs> Any- Anyway, so we here late. Barely. And we are, yes, we're trying. We're doing the best that's we can. so wild. You got to tell him watch an episode of Degrassi because, <gasps> hello. Yeah, sir. I'm going to go do my podcast about Degrassi and let's talk. You know what the good episode would be? My, I think... Mr. Simpson had a really good moment telling a character, Dave, about himself when he was being very ignorant regarding a, a trans character. Mm. And that would have been the episode that I recommended because I think a, he said a lot of things that really slapped. <laughs> I got to look that up. Well, yes. yes. We're here. <laughs> so let's go ahead and get into it. Episode one. There's only one episode. <laughs> Season three. Nope. Wow. We're going to dial that back. (laughs) Season five, episode three. Death of a Disco Dancer. So, speaking of deleted scenes from like 15 minutes ago, there was a deleted scene where Mr. Armstrong asked Jimmy to help coach the boys' basketball team, and Jimmy accepted. I see why they deleted it, because it added absolutely nothing to this episode. So now we see Jimmy at the boys' basketball team practice. That little dipshit named Derek is instantly dismissive (laughs) towards Jimmy as the assistant coach. And then he recognizes that Jimmy is the student who was shot. I'm trying to figure out why Mr. Armstrong doesn't step in as the adult in this situation. And why why does the basketball team have an adult in charge, but the spirit squad does not? They really just let them do whatever. Also, why do you, like, people saying things like that, again, that man, why are you saying that out loud? That's very much so a thought you keep to yourself. Obviously... Obviously, that is the student that got shot. Like, well, hello. obviously. Right. Like, why are you so ignorant? So Derek thinks he is a shit and he doesn't need any <laughs> assistance from Jimmy. He doesn't take well to receiving feedback either. So later, Jimmy is proudly telling Hazel how he plans to help the team to victory. But he then he overhears Derek referring to Jimmy as a term that I don't use. But to quote, he calls him a cripple and he minimizes any support that Jimmy would be able to offer. And so Jimmy looks really embarrassed at just kind of being minimized to that simple simple turn and kind of obviously seeing how the team receives him, which, yeah, I guess when you're like, if you're cool and you're kind of the hotshot, like Jimmy was super cool. And like, Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that he's not cool now, but to go from being like the coolest kid in school to then showing up to give some of the wisdom that you have when you do have some and seeing that that's how they receive you. Definitely embarrassing. Yeah, definitely not the person that was getting bullied. Like the only beef he really had was with Sean. You know what I mean? And that was him mm-hmm. giving that, but he never really dealt with people like saying anything of him. Cause he had comes from money, literally was good at basketball and was cute, you know? Mm-hmm. Agreed. 
So Jimmy approaches Derek, and Derek smugly asks Jimmy if he's going to teach him how to jump. So Jimmy says, mm, don't question where I came from, little bitch. Knock if you buff. <laughs> and Derek gets a little spooked, and he tells Jimmy, back off. Jimmy tells Derek, make me. But when Derek doesn't move, Jimmy asks Derek, are you scared? And Jimmy's like, you know what, bitch? I ain't scared of no kid in a wheelchair. So Jimmy says, I'm going to show you, little bitch, that just because I'm on a wheelchair doesn't mean I can't whoop your ass. So he goes after Derek for only for Mr. Armstrong to, of course, break up the fight before it gets started. Because who else would do it? There's no one else employed to break up the fight. <laughs> man, give this man a raise. So what's wild to me is because first Jimmy gets offended that Derek highlights that he's not scared of Jimmy because he's in a wheelchair. But then when Derek accuses Jimmy of starting the fight, Jimmy's like, but I'm in a wheelchair. <laughs> that was so crazy. Obviously, I couldn't have started this fight. I said, now, child, are you in a wheelchair or are you in a wheelchair? Because we can't, we can't be <laughs> mad and then use it. That is crazy. And it's also like he's fighting a student almost like they're both students, but he's his coach. So it just looks bad for him. Right. I said, I mean, I, yeah, no, I agree. <laughs> I was just watching this like, Jimmy, you got some nerve and I need but... you to sit your little ass down. Oh, can I not say that? I can't. That wasn't on purpose. No pun intended. <laughs> anyway. <clears throat> so at practice later, Derek and Jimmy go back and forth. They're shooting the basketball. It look like they're playing like a little game of horse, but not whatever. And Jimmy shows Derek that just because he's in a wheelchair doesn't mean he doesn't have something to teach him about his form and skill. And Jimmy ends up outshooting Derek because he shoots, shoots the ball from all the way across the court and Derek misses a shot. Jimmy taunts Derek that he just got beaten by a kid in a wheelchair. <laughs> he actually used the term cripple, but again, I told you, I don't use that term. Um... Now Derek is desperate to know more about Jimmy and he, how he's able to shoot that well. Jimmy agrees to teach Derek to improve his skills, but only if Derek agrees to tell people that he learned from his coach, not just the guy who got shot. That's a valid point. Mm-hmm. What I realized from this is two things. One, season five is everyone looks older, obviously, but everyone like mm-hmm. is starting to look grown. But season five is really when Jimmy like stepped into his Drake era, obviously, because he has like a lineup. Um, but not a good one. Like, no, he's... but girl, in comparison of season one, when, when he was yeah. ordering that pizza, that was the worst <laughs> lineup I've ever seen. I mean, there wasn't one. Like he was no. just truly yes. out here. That's so crazy. You know, he had a white mama. Girl, yeah. So he's really stepping into that. And then I looked it up and it's probably because season five aired in 2005. So probably like filmed 2004, early 2005. And then he released his first debut mixtape, Title Room for Improvement, in 2006. So he was like really stepping into that. Makes sense because he looks, again, way better now. So you could tell that he was finally like getting, getting and to accepting that there now. was room for improvement. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, Look at him. And then my other thing that it was just that like the storyline kind of felt again, it's a plot piece, so it's whatever, but it kind of felt like it represented like the doubt that Jimmy had about getting back into basketball after his incident. Like if Derek could represent anything, it's probably all the doubts that Jimmy probably had about it or what other people thought about him. And they were just like personifying it. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like people were probably thinking it, but again, no one was going up to him like, oh, you're the guy that got shot. Like people were just letting him live. So. Mm -hmm. It was interesting to see him kind of like face those demons or like come to reality with like his reality and still, you know, he's still playing basketball. So good for him because some people would probably just give that up. I agree. 
Yeah, so he did try, and we'll see a lot more of that, or a little bit more of that develop moving forward. Yeah, basketball becomes a thing for him. And now we can move into plot A. Paige is looking through university packets while she's at work with Ashley. No, bitch, Alex. (laughs) Which is interesting because... Right, she doesn't even go here. Anyway... (laughs) It's interesting because just last season, Marco commented on Miri being Paige's old boss, so I mm-hmm. thought that she quit, but I guess not. That's true. Mm-hmm. Continuity. Paige and Alex seem to be bonding over boys and college applications, which Alex, or maybe Miri quit. No, Miri was, I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> Alex is really uninterested in college applications and mundane work, so Paige is like, Alex, can you take my shift? And she shares, unsolicited, that she has a date with Matt. Paige is super excited because she clearly doesn't know that she's not a teen drama and that her excitement is about to be ruined. Side (laughs) note, Liberty won school president and we see her accept this announcement in an oversized sweater. And because I'm annoyed at the moment with Redditors, I just want to say that somebody tried to claim that Degrassi gave character development to the black characters and they were like, like Jimmy and Liberty. So friendly reminder, unfriendly reminder. That Liberty had an entire storyline happening in the background. At all times. Nothing. Anyway. Um, someone says the word acclamation, and I guess I'm illiterate because I had to Google it. And in case you guys were wondering what an acclamation means, it means that Liberty ran uncontested. So she she won, but nobody ran against her. That makes, I feel like, again, a storyline that makes sense for her because why would they even bother putting someone else against her when they've just given her this arc of her being like the smart person interested in all the school stuff? Right. Annoying. So Paige is at lunch discussing Banting and Matt again with Marco when Alex shows up to say that Banting is for geniuses and rich kids. Paige demands <laughs> that Alex go to sign up to meet with some colleges because she doesn't want to see that her friends are losers at the 10 year reunion. They truly missed an opportunity that they didn't move forward with the next series because I would have loved to see their 10-year reunion. I know. Oh, my goodness. Alex doesn't leave to sign up. Instead, she just goes to sit at another table because she's like, fuck you, Paige. Mind your business. And she's right. (laughs) And the next scene, they're in class with that one little jackass teacher. I forget who it is. Um, Oh, that guy. I forget what it is. Yeah, I hate him. Alex makes a snide remark about Paige and how Paige thinks she knows everything. Hmm. Since you got your degree and you know every fucking thing. <laughs> this is Alex right now in the flesh. But anyway, the two land themselves in detention, which is very upsetting for Paige because she has a date with Matt in case you had forgotten. So I got a question. Because, you know, bitches always be having questions. <laughs> Was Alex being a hater and trying to keep Paige from her date with Matt? Like, did you did you get any of that vibe that, like, she just was completely uninterested in Paige's date because she was being a hating-ass bitch? You know, that's funny. I didn't think that. But I could see it making sense because she told Alex first. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just yeah. feel like I was getting hating-ass bitch vibes. And, like... For what I I think Alex kind of proves later why her point is valid and why Paige is just being very obtuse about everything. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. I could, that would make sense too, because it's like, though, it would be a good way to get back at her and probably make a, a point, right? Where it's just like, you care more about this date than anything else. Uh, mm-hmm. So like your priorities and you trying to tell me that I need to worry about school when you're literally up in arms over a date with your ex-teacher. So mm-hmm. I could see that actually. It was a good observation. Green. Yeah. So anyway, back to the really great episode. If I didn't <laughs> just lose my notes right now. So in detention, Mr. Simpson meets with Paige about her only applying to Banting and how that isn't the greatest future decision for her. Paige is like, I'm banting bound because my mom's best friend is head of admissions. So she tells Mrs. Simpson that she doesn't deserve to be in the same detention room as a boy who distributed <laughs> Manny's boobs to his entire school. Peter. And honestly, she's right because she, it was really stupid of her to be in detention in the first place. Yeah. I have the thought of like, because I know we always talk about like how like expulsion and that kind of stuff. But like, it just seems like five weeks in detention doesn't seem like enough for someone that's shared revenge porn like i don't know what the alternative is but i don't know that you get to be here like (laughs) i i agree that's creepy and like around other students like absolutely not and your mom's a principal so that's sus because it's like you know if it was any other student she would have sent them elsewhere right it's like y'all are playing games but okay Me staring at my notes and not reading. (laughs) Anyway, Paige leaves and Mr. Simpson tells Peter that his mommy would say that he needs to stay. (laughs) Paige runs home and gets dressed and prepared for her dinner date with Matt. She's waiting at the bar for the time it takes to drink three sparkling waters when Matt's scruffy ass arrives with his bag on his back. Paige tries to make a positive out of a negative because she's like, oh, you made me your first stop. He's dirty as hell. His hair is dirty. He says it's not healthy to wash it a lot. And that is a lie. That is a lie. That is a lie. The whitest lie I've ever heard. Girl. And see, I wasn't going to try to call him out for that. But yeah, um, (laughs) if you have hair like Matt's, I'm sure some of you will be like, no, I shouldn't wash my hair. I mean, I guess you can. Go ahead and you're going to look like Matt. Girl, I mean, think about the creators of dry shampoo. It's just, it's very on brand. No Mm. offense. Mm. I don't know. I don't know if I can offend people really based on my circumstances. I think I can just speak facts, but maybe that's the problem nowadays. Mm. (laughs) I just saw it and I was just like, I mean, no, no, sir. And I mean, everyone doesn't have the right to, I guess, go without washing your hair every day. Obviously, right. we're looking at two people here who do not wash their hair every day, but right. that's because hair texture. And Matt, you ain't got it. Wash you your hair. You don't got an excuse, right? He just didn't have nowhere to shower. I've seen so many people be on TikTok, though, trying to claim that they don't wash their hair and stop. <laughs> that's good for S- you, right? S- stop. Live. All right. Anyway. So, dirty-ass Matt is in that bar, that restaurant, whatever. Paige gives Matt a gift, the organizer, because he said his life is chaos. And he's like, I wasn't complaining. That's wild. (laughs) Paige tells Matt, 
I'm applying to Banting, which would be, so if I go to Banting, then I'm going to be in Kingston. And so maybe you can move there while I'm in school. And pay, Matt tells Pace that even though he's four and a half old, years older than her, he don't know what he wants in life. And he doesn't know where he wants it to take him, which Honestly, it's fair to be like mm-hmm. in your early 20s and have no idea what's going on. I'm not judging him for that at all. Right. And I think Paige is being very unrealistic in a lot of her mm-hmm. plans. Like, it's okay to take the time to get to know really what you want, to not really be so sure of it. That's mm-hmm. fine. Take that time. Do what you got to do. Um, But he comes off very much as a loser, in my opinion. He's dirty. Yeah. He ain't got no job. He's a pedophile. Right. Because when you think about it, so he went to go build houses or whatever he's doing. So what was all of this for? Like you risking your job and dating Paige and like not being able to keep your hands off her and all this stuff. What was it for? Because you are not only a loser now, you're stupid. Like you threw away your future to be a pedophile. And now you're coming at her for actually trying to have some plans. And stupid plans, too, because why does she still want you? I don't know. But, like, what was the point? You know what I mean? Like, what did you do all that for? Just for you to come back and then try to play her? You ask a very good question that I simply do not have the answer to. But I did wonder while I watched it. Stupid. All right. So, Matt, I know what he's doing. And he's gross. And he says, (laughs) I might take a job in Vancouver building houses. So, Paige is like, "Uh, when am I going to get to see you? Do I ever get to see you matt changes the subject to say oh, i feel Ooh. like a jerk i showed up and i didn't bring you a gift so then he slaps a joint onto the table <laughs> to give to Paige. you're dumping me and giving me drugs matt tells Paige that he can't be expected to sign up for the boring future that she has laid out for him leave them emotionally stunted men alone I know that it's his fault for being emotionally stunted and not Paige's that he's immature, but like leave him alone. Yeah. Just learn from her mistakes. Right. The expectation that she had of him coming back and trying to be with her after what it seems like they didn't really talk like that when he was away. Yeah. It's just silly girl. Right. And then you over here running to this dinner, giving him gifts. That is so embarrassing, girl. Please. My, My poor, sweet, my sweet child. All right, so Matt tells Paige, and her feelings are all hurt, because, like, I ain't signed up for this shit. Stability and consistency is boring, which is just sad. It's not. Um, It's predictable. I don't know. Maybe I'm old. <laughs> then Paige storms away with her feelings hurt, and he doesn't, like, you don't see the same future for us, and then she shows the details. She details a horrifying experience to Marco the next day on their walk to school. When they run into Alex, Alex is leaving campus and Paige is like, Alex, here, since you're leaving, take my weed from Matt. But instead of going into school, Paige decides to smoke the joint with Alex and then go to the college fair. Her and Alex are then very silly as they walk through the fair pretending to be high. But (laughs) they're actually high, so like they're acting. Anyway. Um... And I just, I don't, I wondered if this is how high people act when they're in public, I guess. I guess. Was it accurate? I guess it was accurate for, like, your first few times smoking weed, for Mm. sure. Like, it really is that, like, very stupid, giggly, like, stuff. But then, like, 
very shortly after it fades, allegedly, according to what yeah. I've heard. But yeah, it's like obviously Paige's first time smoking it seems, so she's just out of pocket. <laughs> yeah, I just I imagine it would be more like instead of her being well, in a little bit, she ends up telling on herself for being high to the admissions mm-hmm. counselor. And I just couldn't imagine that would be me. I might be like, I am not feeling myself today. Mm-hmm. Not feeling well. And, like, that would have been that. <laughs> would not have told on myself the way she just blabbed on yeah. herself. It feels like her blabbing on herself is equivalent to what it would be if someone was drunk. Because you know how people just, like, blurt stuff out? So I yeah. don't really know how, like, if that was really a high thought. Mm-hmm. But, you know, to each their own. Maybe someone has had a different experience where they just spill in a business when they hide. But I learned from a podcast that apparently, you know, um, cannabis affects everyone very differently. Mm-hmm. And that some people get really anxious and people, some people get less anxious and it does not depend on the strain. Um, it does depend on the quantity. Because if you take 40 milligrams on your first time taking <laughs> so it's 40 milligrams of sativa your first time of doing it you will end up very anxious as a lot of the people when i think what was the first dispensary opened in denver first dispensary united states okay it was obviously canada but that's funny I feel like there was like an issue in Denver with people going to Denver and like ODing on oh, I'm sure. weed and then ending up in the ER. Like, I feel like I'm dying. And the only solution was like to just wait it out. Mm-hmm. So in that. So anyway, that's not the point. The point is perhaps this was the experience for some. Yeah. Right. <sighs> anyway. So she high as shit. Alex is asking Paige, how are people expected to pay for school? And Paige says exactly what every single one of us were bamboozled decades of into decades of insurmountable debt. How are all these people supposed to afford university or college? Mm, Lots and lots of student loans. (laughs) What if your only collateral is your mother's welfare check? Mm, The point is to pay back the loan after you graduate. So... Y'all always sit here and you look at us fucking millennials and you drag us for like, why did you take out these loans? Because they told us to. They said it was worth it. They said I would get a job that would pay enough. And now look at me on a Degrassi (laughs) podcast making pennies that Spotify won't give to me. (laughs) Um, No, it's such a lie. It's such a game. And all they do is tell you the wrong thing. So this like, but, but so like, I just want to say that like, we always, we look at Degrassi and we say, was this real? And sometimes people are like, what are they wearing? That's literally what we were wearing. And this Mm -hmm. line right here summarizes exactly how we got bamboozled into student loans. And you're thinking that was stupid. Bitch, I was 17. Right. I was stupid. Like what? Mm-hmm. Making life decisions. I was stupid. And if you don't have someone who can show you, be like, no, this is actually not a good idea. Unless you're thinking about marrying a billionaire. Like I didn't. So. Um... No. Yeah. That's an accurate representation because I'm lucky in the sense that I am the youngest. So I absolutely learned everything from my sister who very much so and rightfully so convinced me to go to a state school and I walked out with literally close to nothing that I'm not paying back so I don't know why they're asking me for anything but yes and everyone that I went to school with not everyone but a lot of people went away for a year came right back because it was so expensive Mm -hmm. and that's because they tell you you need to do this 
I'm the youngest, and my brothers ain't tell me shit. So this is again when we were talking about how men ain't shit. Yeah, it starts at home, and it starts That's with trifling. my brothers. <laughs> that is so trifling. Not you being the youngest and nobody warning you. Didn't but it's the brother? But, it's the brother because they stupid. They all stupid. <laughs> anyway, so of all things that are most accurate about Degrassi, telling people that they should take out a high amount of student loans with the idea that they'll be able to pay it back one day was the most accurate statement of the entire series. Anyway, Marco has also decided to apply to Banting and Paige's family friend is at Degrassi. Woo! Waiting to meet with Paige. Paige is freaking out because she needs to quickly become unhigh under her future and her entire future depends on this. I just want to say that. Theoretically, um, off the record, people's least favorite part of using weed, perhaps edibles, is the unpredictability of it all. It's like one mm-hmm. day, you si- one minute you're sitting there and you're fine. And in 30 minutes, you're not fine. And it's going to take a very long time for you to not become fine again. Be and fine there's, again. Nothing, <laughs> there's nothing you can do to speed up that process, but just sit there and wait. You should have sat there and ate your food. And not your food infused with with drugs. <laughs> she should have just went home. She is so silly for that. I would have ran out of that uh, high school. But you know what? As we say, teens are fucking stupid. And so she does not make that good decision, unfortunately. So she's like, damn, shit's about to hit the fan. How am I supposed to mute this lady? I'm high as fuck. Alex doesn't understand, though, because she doesn't have a future, which is what Paige tells Alex. Girl, you ain't have to do her like that. Mm. So Alex storms away, and Paige tries to manage her meeting with old girl. She goes to the meeting with her mom's friend, and she obviously fails it, because as I told you earlier, she ends up telling her, I am so high, and she can't answer any questions about why she wants to attend Banting. She's like, I'm really nervous. And then... She admits that she doesn't even know why she wants to go to Banting or to pursue a career in business, which is why we said it's like, it's okay to not know. Like, Mm -hmm. don't feel pressured to act like you know just because people are pretending like they know. She's going in on Alex because she's really, it seems like, maybe projecting her own insecurities onto her. That's a good point. Yeah. Aside from Paige being asked the question of why, it literally never felt like she knew why she wanted to go or they were her own reasons. It was always like her brother or like her family or the fact that her family knew someone that went there. But like, if you can't name the reason why, why are you willing to take out student loans to go there so bad? That is silly, girl. For that, just take out a loan and do something else because (laughs) that makes no sense. So... Anyway, Paige is grounded until she dies because her mom's friend snitched on her, obviously. And she tells Alex, and Alex is like, I'm tired of your shit. So Paige admits that she was not kind to Alex, and Alex admits to Paige that Paige is right about Alex, and she doesn't, ha- she doesn't have a future. What? I don't know. And <laughs> Alex says, I don't even know where I'm sleeping tonight because... The way my mom and her stupid boyfriend fight, I might be at home or I might be at a woman's shelter. That part. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is, again, a reality that people don't realize when they're coming to these high schools. Not knowing that people have all these things going on at home that they don't know about, but you trying to force them into signing their lives away. So I I just kind of like this moment, because um, I agree with what you just said and everything. 
this moment of like Alex being vulnerable and explaining how she doesn't know what's going on with her is that like I try to tell the teachers at my jobs all the time, but nobody like nobody gives a fuck about homework when they have an unstable and chaotic house, such mm-hmm. as Alex has said, but nobody ever listens to me. So I just liked her being vulnerable and saying that. And I thought of like there was a TikTok trend that I kept seeing where it was like, bitch, I don't have my homework. Like I forget what they said. It was like I was I like I was just doing meth last night. This is something crazy like the sound. I forget what it is. But basically it's highlighting like, no, I don't have my homework because I live in a meth house or no, I don't have my homework because there was domestic violence going on last night. So it's like teachers be focusing on the wrong things. And I always I'm going to always sit here and go in on that shit because and Alex right here is representation of that. But anyway, Paige tells Alex that if she's going to be stuck in the movie theater, that they're both going to be stuck in the movie theater together because they're both afraid of the future. And I feel like their situations are very different. And I'm not trying to knock Paige for her anxiety, but Alex is over here watching her mom get her ass beat on the regular and being kicked mm-hmm. out. But either way, regardless of where they come from, they still have share very similar sentiments about anxiety and the future. Yes, that's very true. So, do you have any morals? I don't. I guess the future is scary and it's okay if you don't have it together. Yeah, that's a good one. I said uh, to make decisions for your own happiness and not for the happiness of others. Um, Pretty self-explanatory for Paige because, again, she doesn't really know what she wants and she's not even willing to admit that. Um, But it definitely had to do with her parents. Like, it stemmed from her parents and she wasn't choosing herself. Um, And, yeah, I think that's really all I got. Yeah, you just got to make your own decisions, even if the decision is, I don't know. Like, for Paige, getting to the next step of just being like, I want to go to school would have been okay. Like, she didn't have to pick a certain school or know what she wanted to do. But if she knew she wanted to go to college, she could go to college and figure it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's really sad to kind of, in my opinion, to see how this really turns out for her because they all tried to warn her. And actually, I guess it's a really good storyline to see, actually. If you think about it, I feel thinking like I do you have it remember. all together, yeah, yeah, and pushing yourself into doing things that maybe aren't the best fit for you. I don't know if anyone from the OG cast has a happy ending. I'm really trying to think oh, no. here. <laughs> anyway, next on Degrassi, JT is happily in love with Liberty until she reveals that she's four months pregnant. The couple experiences problems as reality begins to set in. Meanwhile, when they begin dating, Spinner grows worried that Darcy will find out about his involvement in the school shooting. That wraps this week's episode of Below the Dot Podcast. If you enjoyed your listen, please tell a friend to tell a friend. To hold you over between episodes, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok under some derivative of the username Below the Dot. Feel free to reach out with any questions, comments, or concerns on either of our social media accounts or email us at whateverittakes385 at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll be back on your airways this time next week, whatever it takes.